Live from the center of the earth. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sam Yunin, and I have a special guest today, a stand-up comic. Is that your official title? We'll get into your name and everything, but is that your official... Yeah, let's... Th- that's what you put on the airport, like, occupation line? That's my main occupation, yeah, I would say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So introduce yourself and uh, which province you're from. My name is Harris Anderson. I'm from British Columbia. And you are signed to the 604 Records label. Correct. Your new album, uh, Above and Beyond, came out on the same label as Carly Rae Jepsen, <laughs> Theory of a Dead Man. Yes, yeah, under under the uh, the uh, comedy hero, the comedy division of uh, 604 Records. Yeah, that yeah. must be a fun Christmas party. They all get together. Uh, I did go to the Christmas party. Yeah, Car- Carly Rae was not there. Oh, that um, sucks. But it was still a fun time. Okay. Yeah, it was good. She, she was probably off in L.A. doing something obscenely glamorous, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I think she hangs with Tom Hanks. Does she really? Oh, yeah. She was, yeah he, he was in her video, I know. Yeah, so. Who wouldn't want to hang out with Tom Hanks? Yeah, I guess that would be fun. I think he's a fun guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be. I mean, yeah. And that would be a pretty cool party, too. Carly Rae and Tom Hanks and, like. That's a party we can all dream about going to, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, We'll put aside your life goals for a second <laughs> and then uh, pick up on the thread of Tom Hanks, though, because your work does have, like, a lot of movie references, like horror movies, uh, Cops, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. yeah, so are you a big... I guess you are a big movie buff fan. Or I love movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any particular genre or type of movies, or do you have some favorite movies? The last... I mean, um, the last... Um, few years i've really gotten into horror um which i i hated horror films but then a couple of years ago i started watching them with a couple of friends and uh i just i just love them now and i, I watch almost all of them that i can and my favorite movie from last year was mandy from, with Nicolas oh Cage. N- yeah there was a lot of blood in that yeah i <laughs> love that movie mm-hmm. i just thought it, it, look, it didn't look like any other film i ever seen and, and um that's what you get with Nicolas Cage, though. Yeah, exactly. He's like the opposite of Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, no, I love Nicolas Cage, and uh, I, I I do love movies, and I think they're a good like cultural touchstone, and it's a good way to kind of they make for good similes and metaphors, you know, because people, you know, especially a popular film, mm-hmm. you know, people know what Saving Private Ryan is, or even if they haven't seen it the whole the way through they have a, a an idea in their head of what that means when you reference a movie that movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But you're also like kind of aware of the kind of cliches of the the movies too, the genre. Like you're talking about horror, for example. Yeah, there are some already built-in cliches with horror. The girl going up the stairs or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going to the basement. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I talk. Yeah, I talk. I have a bit where I talk about that and like how no one believes their wife in like haunted house movies. Mm-hmm. It's always the wife that has like something horrible happen to <laughs> yeah. her, and then like no one believes her. They don't listen to her. Um. So yeah, those are those are fun to play with, and and I, lo- I love movies because. You know, it's something that has a high chance of being relatable to a lot of people in the audience. But you could, there's also lots to kind of like examine and poke fun at as well. Why, what was your beef earlier with uh, horror movies? Why were you not a big fan of horror? Was it just kind of too cheesy or? Um, I think it was just, well, I was just kind of, um, they just scared me. And um, <laughs> that a was just a main reason. I just, I didn't like being scared. And then I kind of like built up a bit of a tolerance for them and then. Like I, I'm not a horror fan of this. Like I don't really like I, I don't like a lot of like gory horror. Like I don't really like slasher f- flicks at all. Mm-hmm. I'm more I'm more like the supernatural thing and and like uh, 
science fiction horror I love. Like I think Alien is a masterpiece. It just yeah. a, just even as a, a piece of film, it's a masterpiece. Sa- same with The Exorcist. You know, I think like a good a good horror movie is hard to pull off, but like a great horror movie that it endures is just like um, it's like a master stroke. It's it's so hard to pull off. You know. Do you ever find as a comedian that thin line between horror and comedy? Is that actually <laughs> you find that's kind of bang on where it's just every one degree and then. Oh, yeah. Every time you bomb, there's always an element of horror <laughs> in that. Just like extreme yeah. social emb- embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think comedy and horror have a lot of the same DNA because comedy, you know, comedy horror is like comedy in that it has to. There's not many limitations on it, but it has to deliver in terms of that. It has to scare you either um either in terms of like you know jump scares or something like playing the long game like psychological but it has to be it has to be at least disturbing on some level and it's the same with comedy it has to be disturbing on some yeah level. and i think it's you know it's no coincidence that someone like like jordan peele you know is just has you know his get out was like a huge success and like a great horror film mm-hmm. excuse me and then like as his new film is called uh, Us. I think that's coming out. It's another horror movie, and it's like I think because I think if you understand if you understand comedy and like he's obviously someone who totally understands it, then you do kind of understand the psychology of horror. I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar to the cliches of horror and movies, was that kind of uh, what inspired your lead single, Hometown? <laughs> like just kind of like those Bruce Springsteen type of yeah. cliches and. Yeah, that was just kind of. Um, I just wanted to kind of kind of draw people in i guess who maybe hadn't heard of me just thinking i was just doing a a fun song and then just kind of contrast the the gentle nature of the music and the melody and everything and and try to uh, kind of just twist it and like kind of have the lyrics go super dark while keeping the music Mm -hmm. because yeah, I, I didn't think it, it wouldn't be interesting. I don't think if, if if it just started out dark and stayed dark throughout the entire <laughs> thing, there's no contrast, mm-hmm. you know. It's almost like a reverse horror movie in a way, right? Like, yeah. a horror movie, you try and get to the sunshine. You try and get to dawn or whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And in terms of, like, when you're writing a uh, song like that, a uh, comedy song, is the is the structure like the same? It's similar uh, to like writing like stand up comedy bits, because you still have to have a flow, you still have to have a rhythm. Mm. Is it kind of overlapping in terms of your creative process, or is it com- two different approaches? It's it's kind of it's different approaches, I would say. Uh, I find it m- I find it much harder to come up with stand up material. The songs, the ideas come less frequently then ideas for material come. But when I have an idea, it doesn't take me that long to actually write it out and plan it, mm-hmm. usually. But with stand-up material, I find it's much more trial and error. Whereas if I have an idea of a song and like how it should go, and then I write it down, I'll maybe perform it twice, and then that'll usually, usually by this, the third time I perform it, I've worked out, in, in my mind at least, most of the kinks, and it's kind of ready to go. Whereas comedy, it can take like... You know, I'm revisiting bits that I did three years ago that I couldn't find a way to make work, and now all of a sudden I can make them work. That's interesting. How come the the uh, trial and error period for like a song is shorter than like what's the deal with two phone books or like whatever type of joke? You know what I mean? Like that's a, yeah, it's a good question. I, I I'm not sure. I it's just kind of it's just different. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That's a good. I mean, it's like a good, it's a good observation on your part. I don't know why it is different that way or why it has. Um, I don't know. 
I, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a good answer for Does you. Does the audience like in terms of when the audience are going to like see stand up shows and stuff like that? Mm. They 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 obviously kind of get behind the songs as well too. Like they kind of because you know sometimes they just want to like a stand up show or something like that. Yeah. And it's like sometimes somebody like Adam Sandler's already kind of conditioned his audience. Right? Yeah, totally. No, I mean it's it's always fun doing shows like that where you kind of just get to be like almost the variety act, um, but like hopefully it's still funny and. Uh, <laughs> That's always like it's fun, like because you have this built-in thing where it's just like if you if people are people get into patterns very easily if they're watching stand-up and it's a person going on stage telling jokes, another person going on stage telling jokes, and then someone comes up, even just like holding a guitar, mm. <laughs> which is a pretty common object. They're yeah. just like, "Wow, what's that guy doing?" You know. I remember uh, reading that when Robin Williams would do shows like open mics in San Francisco, sometimes he would just like step away from the microphone he wouldn't use a mic because it would just instantly get people's attention he's like why isn't the guy using a mic so it's a kind of an interesting opportunity to do something a little different i guess yeah. those little gestures too like uh when woody allen used to do a lot of stand-up back way back in the day mm. and he would his rhythm was like he would adjust his glasses at the same word like mm -hmm. there's a lot of like little nuances where he would kind of pepper it and totally. it was totally built in yeah and that's kind of interesting. Like, do you also kind of work on that level too? Or like, you know, if a certain gesture will work or you kind of connect with the audience? I think I'm just becoming aware of that. I think, I think like comics, as they progress, they, they become more physical. It's just kind of, you just kind of see it happen in the beginning. You're kind of like very stiff and nervous and like, you know, but like you watch like someone like, like, like Bill Burr. I mean, Bill Burr is actually a very physical comic. You know, mm -hmm. he does fun, like big act outs and like moves his body around and plays with the mic stand and lots of stuff like that. So I feel like I'm just kind of starting to get into that sort of stuff, but I'm enjoying it. It's it's good. It's it's like it's freeing. I think. Why is it freeing? Just to kind of be physical, or it's just kind of a way of kind of getting out of yourself, you know. And it's kind of I enjoy the performance aspect of stand up comedy very much. Like I I, I try to you know I try my best to write good material that i find funny and um but i also i also really look forward to performing it for me that's a, a, a really big part of it i, I like like kind of like seeing how much like gusto i can put into something mm -hmm. you know and like how many volts i can get running through it you know does it change you find um as you kind of do comedy in uh, different provinces because that's why i asked you uh, right up front <laughs> What your province, where you're from, because it's yeah. like, do you find it changes a little bit? At Tr truth be told, um, I'm doing a spot tonight on a show, and that's going to be the first time I've ever done comedy outside of British Columbia. <laughs> I've worked exclusively in British Columbia up to this point. So I'm very excited to, for, I'm very excited to do the show and, and see kind of what happens. I mean, I, I kind of have, I, I have a rough idea. I mean, I've, I've done it in like two different cities, and I've done it in areas outside of my home base and like sm everywhere from like small towns to kind of medium towns and like everywhere in between. So, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, how please it translates. do. Yeah. <laughs> and then in terms of like, uh, do you consider yourself like doing impressions or you consider yourself doing voices? What do you, what uh, is the doing voices. I actually, I don't really do impressions much anymore. I, I do maybe like maybe one or two. I used to do a lot when I started, um, but, um, are they kind of the same thing or do you have a kind of, I mean, I couldn't, I could never do like new people. I, I wasn't, I wasn't really, 
I seem like I was always waiting for someone else to do an impression of someone more current so I could do it, which is how it seems a lot of people do impressions. Like you're just like, how could I, I could never do John C. Riley, And then someone does John C. Riley, and you're like, oh, now I understand how to do John C. Riley. You know, mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for impressionists. I think they're just, they're just like just the, the best ones are just they're amazing. It, I might come back to it at some point, but you know, I, I kind of, yeah, it just kind of fell by the wayside a bit, you know, what is the process of the technique you talked about, like writing music and like kind of refining it with the audience? Is this same thing with impressions? Is like, do you kind of know right away from the audience if you've kind of got it right or it needs to be adjusted a little bit? I don't know. I I couldn't really say because it's been it's been a while since I've actually done them in like my act. I mean, there's so many. There's uh, you know like a couple of guys are really good at them, like Patrick Maliha and uh, S Simon King. They're you know they they perform all over the country and. Those guys are really good at it. And um, yeah, for me, it was just, it was, I always appreciated them. And I, I, I might, I might try them again at some point, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, for now, I, I'm not sure it's what I, it's what I want to be doing, I guess. Yeah. So the album's called Above and Beyond. And exactly, yeah. Um, it has a broad range of stuff, uh, some songs, some stand-up bits. Uh, was there any uh, intention to do like uh, sketches or some other things like that too? Or we talked about the idea. I wanted to do some straight stand up, a uh, straight stand up album, kind of like retro style with like bits fading in and out and everything like that. And then we decided to do music, and um, I didn't feel at the time I had enough st strong comedic songs for a full album of just musical songs. So mm -hmm. we decided, oh, we'll do some stand up, and then we'll have like a song, and we'll bookend it, and there'll be one in the middle as well just kind of the form like a skeleton for the for the whole thing mm -hmm. and um forgot the second part of your question oh the sketch thing um yeah we d we talked about that but i i find um i haven't figured out how to write sketches yet i feel i gotta do more of it we i wrote i wrote one with a friend a little while ago and actually 604 records filmed it and uh, we'll see how it turns out but um that's something I'd like to kind of experiment more with, but I haven't done a great deal of it. It's always kind of weird to end the sketch. Like once you got the basic premise, because mm. it's not like you just kind of just have like a, basically it's a scene. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of easy to open it up. Like you're at the waiting to like renew your driver's license or something. And yeah. There's a wacky lady. Yeah. But it's always kind of weird how you just kind of like now the jokes are over. I'm going to go on to something else. It's very. Yeah. I mean, that's um, scary thinking about like how you end it, you know, it like has to. And, you know, I think, like, you know, even something like Saturday Night Live, which, like, employs some of the best, like, comedy writers mm -hmm. working today. I mean, a lot of times their sketches just end. And yeah. And it's like applause. It's like, oh, well, even if those guys can't figure <laughs> out how to end the sketch, like, what hope do I have, yeah. you know? Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's a, it's a, like a real uh, art form. And there's, you know, like the Monty Python guys kind of, I mean, I love Monty Python and they kind of perfected for me at least the idea of the comic sketch and they just kept rolling yeah although there's guys there's guys i mean like uh like tim and eric i love tim and eric and those guys are i think uh, you know geniuses and they kind of i think they're like the most original comedic collective since monty python they're just totally original and i mean i'd love to try something like that in the future but um on the album i wasn't really sure if it was like if i was ready to or not mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned like Key and Peele, Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. um, 
Robin Williams, like, what, who was the one that kind of, like, inspired you when you saw that? You're like, yo, I want to do that. I want to tell some jokes. Uh, it, was like, it was like a series of people, I'd say. I mean, it was Jim Carrey when I was younger. Jim Carrey was like, I mean, Ace Ventura and The Mask came out, and he was every kid's hero, um, you know, and every kid loved him. And so he was a big person. Robin Williams in, in Aladdin was amazing, and I just loved what he did with his, like, voice and, like, how he could create all these things. And then when I started getting into stand-up, there was a guy called, the, a guy called Brian Regan, I mean, who's just kind of getting – I mean, you've heard me mm-hmm. part of Brian Regan – and uh, to me, he's kind of the gold standard in stand-up comedy. Um, I love him. Uh, Maria Bamford's great. I love her. Uh, Toronto. Maria own. does the just go back to the question yeah. about the voices and the impression. She kind of does that. She straddles that same line too. Yeah. Different voices and. Uh, uh, she's a master. She's just uh, she's incredible. Just how like she can kind of. Just uh, I don't know. Like she has like. Y- she can like create little worlds kind of almost and just by talking and i, I mean it also her technical i think facility is as a as someone who uses their voice is just incredible i mean she's such a talented voice actress and mm-hmm. she can do stuff like with her voice that's like wow how did you do that or how did you figure out you could do that she's got an incredible like not, not just uh, not just great comic sensibility but just an incredible instrument in her voice like it's hard to think of anyone else who's in terms of like how uh, comics that can like use their voice, like anyone else who does it better than her nowadays, mm-hmm. she's great at it. Can't remember the name of the special, but her latest special where she's doing it in different uh, settings, like in a living room. Old baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that really kind of showcases like her her work and totally. her range. Yeah, like totally. Because she's uh, in different settings. If nobody's seen it, right? yeah, yeah, she's moving up to bigger and bigger venues. Yeah, yeah, I really, I love, I love that special. I think she was, and that's you know that's what. That's what's great about her is like she can kind of she fits in everywhere and nowhere <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> you know, she's like, I've, I've seen her in theaters. I've seen her. I saw her do. She dropped in at an open mic that I was at and, and did a set in front of everybody. And uh, you know, it was, it was she's great. Yeah. So you're watching Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and you're watching Rob <laughs> Williams yeah. uh, in uh, as the genie. Ace Ventura, by the way, this is a tangent, but Ace Ventura is really weird movie when you look back at it now. Like, how did that even get made? It's not a good. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I mean, people are like, "Oh, that movie's awesome." I I, I don't think it's a good movie, <laughs> but it, it also is a great movie somehow. It's Jim Carrey. I mean, it's just like he just he he sells it. It's just you know, it's like someone just kind of. Uh, you know, chomping on dynamite and just lighting the fuse mm-hmm. and just kind of, it's just, um, just incredible. Because he commits to it. Like he, the yeah. whole absurdity, he does it with a straight face. Totally. Um, right? So it's like, oh yeah. Everyone else is weird around him and he's like, he feels completely normal in a weird way. Yeah. No one did what he was doing like better than he did. Just the, that kind of like, like Jerry Lewis slapstick, but everything like dialed up to 10. Mm-hmm. Just like he was, he still is the king of it. Like no one can do it like him. Yeah. So you're watching Ace Ventura and uh, Rob Williams as the genie, and then how do you then decide? Then that's how you're gonna translate and go into like doing stand up and bits on Stephen Hawking. <laughs> well, it's um, the Comedy Network uh, premiered. I can't remember exactly what year, but that was a big thing because then they started like showing all this stand up, you know, and it would start like uh, I think it would start at 3:30 was comedy at Club 54. I think which was. You know, I can't remember where they they filmed that. I think it was Hamilton. I can't remember. But that was, uh, you know, you saw club comics there. And then at 
I think it was at four o'clock we got Just for Last, which was the like the festival highlights, and that Just for Last especially was like a, a really big thing for me because you know I could I could come home from school and then I would just I would kind of watch it religiously, and I just kind of became uh, uh, aware of you know of stand up comedy and. I kind of felt like, oh, this is something I, I really want to try eventually. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time to work up the nerve to get on stage and actually do it. But I think that kind of that set, set me on the path, kind of. And in terms of, like, working up your nerve, were you, like, work, like trying to work through material and trying to figure out? Because that's also the first little bit where, like, this will be really funny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I had a couple of sheets of lined paper, and I wrote, I would write down funny things mm-hmm. or just things that I thought were uh, funny. And, uh, I probably still have the list somewhere, but, um, probably very little of it was funny, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I, I, even though I wasn't performing, I kind of, I guess I must've had some kind of sense that I was going to do something like that, or I wanted to try something like that because I, I was keeping a record of things. I mean, if you didn't, weren't intending on using it, you just think of something funny and then just just forget about it. Like yeah, just be the cool guy to party or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, oh, maybe I can use this, you know. So I think that's probably when I first became aware that I, I actually wanted to do something with it down the line. And then why did you choose to stick with it, though? Because like you said, that every comic has that beginning where it's like it's just terrible. And like, you know what I mean? And it's like, why do you persist and why do you keep going and get back on stage knowing that the audience may be either indifferent or just not like laughing at all? Um, That's a good question. I think... I think um, it's just kind of the. I, I like it. I like stand up because it is it is challenging, and I mean it's 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 really really tough, and um, and um, I think I think everyone kind of like needs something that kind of challenges them in some way, whether it's like you know like a hobby or or something, or and that for me is it. I when I found it, I kind of. I remember thinking, oh, this is good. This is something that's like worth working at, but it's also hard and and something that you don't feel like is worthwhile, but is also hard mm-hmm. is not enjoyable. And something that, you know, is easy to do, but is not worthwhile is, you know, is not is not fun either. So when I found it, I was kind of like, oh, this is good. This is worth something, but it's also it's like a little bit of challenge. So it's not it doesn't ever become easy or it's it's not going to become easy for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So I remember that attracted me to it. And in terms of like uh, working on material for like above and beyond, is the plan then to kind of keep putting out comedy albums like this and maybe even do a little, like keep it like old school like this? Or do you want eventually want to do like a proper like Netflix special or something like that? Oh, wow. That is... Um I mean, I, I think every every comic kind of dreams about putting out a special. I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I'm kind of just waiting to see like how, what, how people are, because I actually don't really know like how many people have downloaded the album yet or anything like that. Or, you know, I, I've had friends, I've got feedback from friends and everything like that. So we'll see. I mean, I, I you know, I, I hope to keep doing this and and keep trying different things. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to do another one mm-hmm. down the road if, you know, if it works out, then then great. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Um, the usual places like Instagram, uh, the Harris, uh, the Harris Anderson, uh, at Twitter at hello Harris H U L L O Harris, and then um, 
Yeah, I don't have a website or anything. I should probably get one. <laughs> yeah, they're popular. <laughs> they're popular. People go on the web, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you find uh, pressure to when you go on social media to be funny, or is it like, can you just get away with just like talking like a regular person? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I don't have like any kind of a following really, and like I, I, some people, uh, some of my my peers have seemed to find seem to have found a way to, you know, like compose tweets or whatever that, like you know. They go viral and like lots of people retweet them and everything else. I haven't really, f- I haven't really figured that out. I mm-hmm. don't really know. That kind of all escapes me. Is it funnier to be on funnier on Instagram rather than Twitter, or is it um, as a medium, or is it? My Instagram, I just kind of post a mix of things, like some 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 goofy things. Sometimes it's just a picture of a tree. I, I don't really. <laughs> some people are really good at. <laughs> some people are really good at at um, you know like engineering a, a, a kind of an idea for the, for themselves on social media or like a how they want to present themselves. I feel like that kind of escapes me. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of actually need to work on that because that's just, that's just the way that um, our culture is. It's yeah. just the way it is. But know? some people like pictures of trees. Yeah. I well, mean, like, cause you can get all kinds of stuff on Instagram, right? So why wouldn't you want pictures of the trees? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could be providing a service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A tree service. A tree. Ser- yeah. Everyone needs to look at a tree at least once, you know? Yeah. Nature. Yeah. Nature's good for you. And you mentioned you have a show coming up tonight. What do you, uh, what's the next little while going to be like for you? Or you have some more shows coming up? Or yeah, I um I head back to Vancouver and then I'm I'm middling at the club in Vancouver, the Yuck Yucks in Vancouver, uh, this Thursday through Saturday, which I'm looking forward to. That's always a fun time. And uh, then next month, uh, a couple of my label, label mates from Six O Four and I are doing a little mini tour. We're doing Victoria on the February twenty second, uh, Edmonton on the I can't remember the dates. Edmonton, Calgary, and then Penticton as well. So if you're in BC or Alberta and you're near any of those places, then please come check us out. And lots of funny people on the lineup. Shirley Noem, who kind of who does musical comedy like I do, just had much much better. <laughs> She's on the <laughs> show. She's great. Lots of fun, lots of funny people on it. Should be a good time. Yeah. Are you going to take any movies or Netflix subscription with you, like while you go on the road? Like, do you have road movies or something that you're going to specifically try and see? Because it's a lot of real estate yeah. in Canada. Yeah. I'm actually trying to, to pl- I mean, because I watch a lot of movies. Uh, I'm trying to actually, I'm trying to read more. And I'm also trying to play chess more. I don't know if you're a chess player, but. No, that's a little too cerebral. Oh, I was yeah. excited about the photos of trees on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So I've made my claim. So. Well, I, I didn't say I was good at it. I, <laughs> yeah. I um. They actually, they have this, uh, my grandfather taught me when I was younger and then I didn't touch it for years and years and now I'm kind of starting to get into it again. But um, I got this app called Play Magnus. Magnus Carlson is the chess champion of the mm-hmm. world and he's considered by, by, my, by I think, the chess community to be the greatest player to date in the history of the game. But you can play him at different stages in his life with the app. And uh, so I'm trying to beat uh, eight-year-old Magnus Carlson. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Well, so far, unsuccessful. He's a wily little eight eight-year-old. Oh, those are the worst he's kids. He's crafty. Yeah. yeah. So when I beat him, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. What about in terms of books? You mentioned books. Is there anything you particular you're reading or? Um, my brother gave me uh, a, da- a David Sedaris uh, book for Christmas, and okay. he's like he said he I know he really loves him, and I've heard a lot of people a lot of people say he's really funny. So I'm like a chapter into that. I haven't. I'm just kind of. But I'm kind of working through that. Uh, in terms of like favorite authors or, or anything like that, I love Bill Bryson. He's probably my favorite author. Mm-hmm. He's li- he became 
kind of renowned for his travel writing, but he's uh, he's so so he's so so funny. And uh, he he has this book called The Lost Continent, which is still my favorite book. I think, which I think anyone who's interested in humorous writing should check it out. To go full circle, when we started off with horror, like any Stephen King, I love Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, I went on a big Stephen King like kick the last couple of years. I read. In the la- actually, the last six months or so, I read 11, 22, 63. Well, that's fun. The JFK book. Yeah, the JFK book. Yeah, yeah. I read uh, Under the Dome. I think that's the name of the name yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, I read, uh, what else did I read? I read It not too long ago. That's a thick sucker. It is. Yeah. Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. I like Pet Cemetery. It's probably, yeah. my, probably my favorite of all. That of one's come back again. See what I did there? Oh. That one's come back again as a movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, Salem's Lot. Check that, that one's good. Oh, yeah, I love Stephen King. He's, yeah. a, he's a master at what he does. All right. Thank you for coming in. We covered a lot. We covered we did. It was horror, uh, the or, or your comedy origins, Yeah. Uh, that people like trees on Instagram. <laughs> all right. I think we hit all the good high notes. It right? was enjoyable, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, yeah. So, Harris Anderson and the, the album's called Above and Beyond. And you can find it on Spotify, all the regular spots. And uh, so, check it out. So Thank you, Harris, for coming in. Thanks, man. It was a pleasure. My name is Sammy. You can follow me on the Twitter at my pal Sammy. This has been my summer layer. Jokes, yo.